Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Good morning. 25 years ago, I left um, having served as a, for a short while on the staff of the church here in Hamilton Road uh, and went to Taiwan as a missionary. Having come here as an English Baptist and been on the staff here for six months, I think maybe it was quite easy to adjust to a new culture in, in Taiwan. The culture shock in Northern Ireland was probably much greater. In June 2015, I started a new stage of my missionary experience. And up until then, I'd spent 23 years in Taiwan being involved in church planting and Bible teaching and evangelism. But now OMF had asked me to become field director for OMF's work in Taiwan. Suddenly, nearly 70 missionaries who were church planters and evangelists became my responsibility. Now, at first, this was quite terrifying. I knew that I was an ordinary human being who grumbled, felt discouraged, got disillusioned with teammates, uh, and I knew that was true of the people I'd been in a team with, but somehow in my mind, I'd imagined that the other OMF missionaries were, were, were somehow more spiritual, but now I was the one that they complained to, who they looked to for help and encouragement who had to deal with their problems. The first year in the job was rather scary. I I took a lot of things personally, feeling that whatever went wrong was my fault. However, I knew that God had called me to that role, uh, however unsuited I felt at times, uh, and I had a wife and, uh, and supporting churches that were praying for me. So not only did I survive, but I also learned that if everything that went wrong was my fault then I should also get credit for everything that went right. Or at least I should learn to rejoice over what God was doing. And what God was doing was taking ordinary people, sinners saved by grace, putting them in difficult situations and doing extraordinary things with them. The theme of this year's conference is You Will Be My Witnesses, and this year, today and tomorrow, I want to focus on telling the story of some of those witnesses that God has called to Taiwan with OMF, some of those missionaries that it's my privilege to lead. God has been at work in Taiwan, especially in the last 20 years, um, in the large cities of Taipei and Taichung and Tainan and Kaohsiung, there's been significant growth in the church. Today in those cities, uh, you see enormous church plants popping up all the time, some huge mega churches with congregations in the thousands, some very impressive church buildings. However, initially, most of, my, uh, most of the church growth in Taiwan has been amongst the urban middle classes, um, the educated, the white-collar workers. And the working class and those living in more rural areas have barely been touched by the gospel. These are the folks who are most engaged in folk religions and idol worship. These are the ones who are marginalized in society, 
who are experiencing unemployment as those big factories all move over to China. These are the ones whose lives are bound by ancestor worship. The ones who are least likely to be open to the gospel. And for that reason, around 15 years ago, OMF decided that the future focus of our work in Taiwan would be on these people, the 15 million working class, about half a percent Christian in Taiwan, often unnoticed by the churches around them. Now, to reach those kind of people um, requires something new. Jesus told us to go into the world and make disciples. But so many churches today around the world think that the the way of doing evangelism and missions is to hope that people will come into their building, hear the message, and be saved. Praise God that for many of Taiwan's middle class, those who are interested in English Bible studies, those disenchanted with folk religions, that is a viable strategy. They do come into the church. And they do get saved and praise the Lord. And those churches are growing. But what about those who would never consider entering a church or attending a house group? Those who don't like to read and see the church as being for middle class? What about those who work on Sunday mornings? What about the children or the youth whose parents would never encourage them to go to Sunday school or youth group? Who's going to witness to them? About a year and a half ago, I'd been preaching at a church in Taipei, and I hung around afterwards, as you do, to speak to the people who were very chatty. And so it was, uh, after talking for about half an hour, one of the leaders said he needed to lock the church up and started to switch the lights out. So as we walked out of the building, it was dark outside, and the streets were deserted. And I looked at my watch, uh, and it was midnight. Now you're thinking, that was a long sermon, right? But in actual fact, um, as I considered how to get home and uh, and the fact that I missed the last train, uh, it wasn't because I preached for too long. Uh, It was the shop workers' church whose evening service started at 10.30 at night because the department stores in Taiwan open on Sundays from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. And so if you want people to come to church, you have to do church when they can be there. The vision for that ministry came from Elizabeth Weinman, a single lady missionary from Germany. Elizabeth has been in Taiwan for 31 years, and in her early days, God gave her a burden for shop workers and restaurant workers. She realized they could never come to church because they worked all day Sunday. And so Elizabeth began to visit the department stores, handing out literature, chatting to workers, Later, she started small group Bible studies, which met either at 7 or 6 o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock at night. It was a long day of ministry. But God began to bless that ministry. Elizabeth rented apartments where she sublet rooms for some of the shop workers to come and live, and she lived alongside them. These became centers for evangelism, and the contacts grew, and Christians were discipled. A shop And a restaurant were open to provide work for some single mothers who had come to the Lord through that ministry. Today, the Shop Workers Church has one morning congregation and two evening services in Taipei and has just started a new congregation in the nearby city of Taoyuan. 
a man called Kai Yuan, a young man converted and discipled through the ministry, is going to be ordained in September as the first local pastor to join that ministry. And two lady missionaries, Esther from Malaysia and Martha from Canada, joined the team last year. For over 25 years, Elizabeth has worked faithfully to transform lives in Taipei and bring the gospel to those who could never make it into a church service. As she retires in a few years' time, the work in Taipei is established and growing. But who's going to pioneer work-to-shop workers in all the other cities around the island? And what about so many other countries in Asia, places like Thailand and Indonesia and Japan and China, where there are huge shopping malls and supermarkets? The harvest is plentiful, but where are the laborers coming from? And what about other groups of people in the city that are similarly neglected, like taxi drivers and policemen and firemen and hospital workers? How are they going to hear unless someone goes to them? Now let me tell you a little story. This is called Ping Ping and the Very Hairy, Slightly Scary Man. Children in Taiwan spend long hours after school in cram classes, preparing for tests. And Ping Ping was no exception. I work long hours, hard hours for you to go to extra classes, said his father, whenever Ping Ping's grades came in. Why can't you do better than this? I don't know. Ping Ping shrugged, pretending that he didn't care was much easier than pretending he could be top of his class. Ping Ping's family worshipped the temple gods. When Ping Ping's father got sick, they went to the temple to worship the sea goddess. Ping Ping bowed before her and whispered, Please help my father get better and help me get better grades. But it was no use. Feeling miserable, Ping Ping sat in the park and started to cry. But when he looked up and saw a man with hair that covered his arms and his legs, an American, I've never seen so much hair in my whole life, Ping Ping thought. But then Ping Ping remembered. It was the very hairy, slightly scary man, the one who brings a guitar to the park every week to sing songs and tell stories to anyone who will listen. Today, though, the very hairy, slightly scary man was by himself reading a book. A very thick book with rather thin pages. As Ping Ping stared at him, the man saw Ping Ping's tears and smiled gently. Are you okay? Ni hai hao ma? He asked. Ping Ping froze, shocked that this foreign-looking man could speak Chinese. I can see you've been crying, the man said. Do you want to tell me what's the matter? What do you think happened next? Many children like Ping Ping will never get a chance to hear the gospel. They struggle at school. They have problems at home. They know nothing about the true God who loves them and wants to know that their lives are worth something, even if their grades are really low. OMF missionaries in Taiwan try to reach children in creative ways through children's ministry, schools ministry, through storytelling in the park. Thomas and Jennifer McIntyre are a young couple who God called to Taiwan. Jennifer, whose name used to be Jennifer Sue, wrote a a book called Dead Women Walking, uh, also published by the name Unbound, which was actually about Elizabeth Weinman's ministry and some women who were dramatically saved from incredibly awful backgrounds. Um, As a young couple with children, the McIntyres 
had a burden for reaching out to working class families, many of whom were struggling with parenting skills. They saw the outreach in a local park that a team that I had been leading was doing, and they thought they could do something better, and they did. Over a number of years, with the help of a local Baptist church who caught the vision for the ministry, the McIntyres and their team are beginning to see results, including a number of baptisms. Very odd picture there. Uh, I think it must be the Baptist influence. Uh, Thomas is actually from a Reformed church, but I think the Baptists got to him and uh, gave him this big plastic tub. Um, Jennifer wrote a children's book telling the story of a boy called Ping Ping. He represents the type of child from working-class, idol-worshipping background that Jennifer and her husband Thomas, who isn't actually all that hairy and definitely isn't very scary, um, the sort of child they meet in the park all the time. Perhaps you might want to buy uh, a copy of that book. I think the OMF store will be selling it to read it to a child and help them understand why missionaries go overseas. But even if you don't want to buy the book, uh, I'm not here to sell books, I hope you'll still remember to pray for the children of Asia whose only hope for a life, for eternal life, is a life-changing encounter with a Christian, possibly a hairy, scary Christian, who can share life-changing stories with them. So many Christians in churches around Northern Ireland get involved in special outreaches to children over the summer. Thomas and Jennifer saw the need to do that kind of ministry every week in their local park. Hard work and prayer led to fruit, but they're just working in one area, Sanher, of one small district of Jai County. There are thousands of districts in Taiwan where boys like Ping Ping will never encounter a hairy or a scary Christian. I could tell you many stories about those I lead in Taiwan, and I'll do some more tomorrow night. Uh, but these, they are just, the people I lead are just those who've heard God's call to go and work outside of the church to reach those who otherwise will never hear the gospel. They understand that missions means go, even if it's just go outside of the church building. As they obey, God gives fruit. But there are so many more harvests available, both in Taiwan and in Asia, and even here in Northern Ireland, if people are just willing to go. Thank you. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.